Blog Talk Radio. All right, this uh, my opening music usually takes a couple of seconds, and but this song is too sexy not to play. It has nothing to do with today's show. Sometimes you meet somebody, just blows your mind. And that's who this yeah. is today. Sometimes you don't know what to do, but you gotta go back. That's right. This cat is somebody who will blow your mind. Yeah, somebody's had problems before like this. Let's yeah, try it on the landline, which is usually better. Otherwise, what I'll do is I'll... Uh... Okay, good. Let's see what we got here. Let's see if you pop up on my board. There you are. All right, let's go to radio. Bye. All right, we got to straighten out, folks. All right, let me read the let me let me read the what I put down here in terms of uh, well, you know, here we go. Tom Hayes welcomes Greg Bogus, TV talk show host, comedian, poli- political girl. I didn't write guru. <laughs> so you're political girl, girl, historian, social commentary, and all-round good guy. Listen to him speak about America and its role in the world today. And where we are headed in the future. Boy, that's a lot of responsibility for 10 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, Greg. That's a heavy order for only one one cup of coffee. (laughs) Yeah, and I put here uh, on the poster, comedy, politics, social commentary, 
sex, drugs, rock and roll, just in case nobody likes comedy, politics, or social commentary. <laughs> we can certainly we can, talk about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We can cover all those bases. <laughs> so how are you this morning? Where are you? Tell, us, tell everybody where you're uh, calling from. I'm calling from Milford, New Hampshire. New Hampshire is the Granite State. Milford is the Granite Town. Ten, I, uh, uh, if, you take a, if you take a $10 bill and look at the back, it's a picture of the U.S. Treasury. Those yeah. columns in the front of the Treasury came from Milford. Get out of here. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, you mean in terms of the granite? The granite of those columns. Those columns came from Milford. Well, there's, there's enough information right there. To, there you go. Uh, I mean, if, if people tuned tune in expecting something really significant... You just got it, folks. <laughs> right out of the gate. Talk about trivia. <laughs> <laughs> the next time you have a dollar bill, you can flip it around and say, I know where those columns came from. <laughs> there. So, listen, congratulations on a lot of things, but one of them, your great, 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 great television show. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I called the Bogus Hour. It's, uh, it's in... Um... Uh, shoots in Nashville, New Hampshire, uh, for the most part in studio stuff. I do some on-the-road uh, road trips. And uh, it's Access Nashville, which is a cable access, and it runs on YouTube. So if you look up The Bogus Hour on YouTube, T-H-E-B-O-G-G-I-S, Hour, uh, you can find uh, at least ten episodes. And one of them is, of course, with the illustrious Thomas J. Hayes. Yeah, we have fun. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of interesting that uh, the way that all kind of came out, I, because you are such a depository of, you just soak up uh, current events, you soak up politics, you have fantastic opinions, though. So I'm a middle-of-the-road guy. Some people would like to shoot you for, for your uh, – I can go either way. You know, I'm like – I guess yep. I'm bi when it comes to politics. <laughs> He's a swinger. I'm a swinger, baby. He's a swinger. <laughs> I'll go right or left, whichever one looks good at the time. He grew up in the 60s. That makes him a swinger. <laughs> you know, which actually makes it a lot of fun. I think uh, – you know, we all feel when it comes to politics, we all feel politics and religion and uh, whatever is is we uh, we all feel superior by holding our world views. And um, this is true. I certainly feel really superior when I sit in the middle and watch the uh, battle <laughs> going on. <laughs> well, one of our friend Bob Seibel used to always say, "Never argue with a moron because a bystander can't tell the difference." <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he made that up? I don't know, but <laughs> it was one I of his bromides. saying it now. <laughs> uh, now oh, you man. had Bobby on the show, which you, people please see that. That's one of the last, uh, last I think, uh, certainly talk show appearances he did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was honored to have him on um, uh, before he left us. And um, it was uh, it was great talking to him. It's always he's just one of those guys that I could just listen to for hours, <laughs> and I have been listening to him for hours over the years. You know, I I, I used to watch him back in the in the uh, early '80s at the Amherst Country Club, and that's uh, I got to know him a little bit later in the in the late '80s. But uh, but I'd been watching him and used to just love him, and so it was a, it was an honor to have him on my show uh, before he yeah. uh, 
before he departed this mortal coil. Yeah, and when I was on your show, we 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 gave that was the day he actually died, and we were able mm. to do a, a few minutes of him. And uh, as I told you, um, you know, I always get angry about ageism. You know, it's funny we live in a we can probably talk about this a little bit later, but. We live in a country where everything is so darn politically correct now that everybody <laughs> likes to label you, you know, sexist, uh, racist, um, whatever. And um, but, you know, the one thing I've noticed of in this country, ageism is an open target. Nobody feels bad about picking on the old. In fact, a lot of the comedians uh, target and everybody laughs. Uh, right. I don't know why why that is, because certainly the um, the elderly have no ability I, you know, maybe that's why they're able to get it because they're not vicious. They don't have the political clout or the social clout or the whatever to all of a sudden make ageism. If you're going to throw all of these isms in there, you might as well throw ageism in there. Yeah, it's, it is definitely an interesting thing seeing that. I mean, especially in this in the in the media environment. I was just talking with someone recently about when I was growing up and when I was watching TV and my you know formative years of of, of being, you know, essentially one of the really first cradle-to-grave consumers of of, uh, of of mass media, you know, uh, once once it had come to us to us for, you know, uh, prior until like the, you know, in, in the 40s and 50s, you know, TV was a few hours a day. It wasn't this, it wasn't this, uh, you know, uh, 24-hour day thing. By the time I was in, uh, in my early teens, it was this 24-hour, you know, news cycle on the news channels and things like that, and. Uh, one of the things that fascinated me was like back then how I don't want to say old, but how mature most of the celebrities were. Johnny Carson, Jack Benny, uh, um, uh, Don Rickles, uh, who's still who's still around, but there were, you know um, uh, Phyllis Diller, um, even Joan Rivers. There were you know there were people that were already adults. You know had been through much you know much life. And now, I mean, just about every other celebrity is somebody who is, you know, late teens, early 20s. Yeah, it's really skewed now, isn't it? Well, I think it's because, well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the elderly, you know, and are, you know, still watch television. They want to see mm. politics, the news, et cetera. But, yeah, man, it's skewed. I mean, it's definitely uh, a gener- – it's a culture. It's a culture that hates age. Right, right, and that's it. Really, it really kind of uh, makes me sad because, you know, um, I was just interviewing somebody yesterday, and they talked about, you know, listening to old people and elderly people because they've essentially lived a very long time and really, you know, have a lot of information to impart upon you. You know, youth and 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 the exuberance of youth is a wonderful, great thing, and it's definitely a cool and creative thing, but. There's also no no um, teacher-like experience, and to talk to somebody who's been around the block and can actually give you practical life experience of what they've done, what's happened, and, you know, and how it's impacted upon them. To me, that's uh, it's something that has really, really lost uh, attraction in this country, and it and, and a lot of it I really think is due to the you know the the, the visual media and how you know how things look. Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, there's an actual. I mean, just like 
it's you know, they think it's laughable that you, once you hit a certain age, you just have of no use. You might as well just go away and die. <laughs> Put them on an iceberg. Get them the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah exactly. They uh, they don't matter. They don't count. And uh, right. yeah, whatever. You know, it's. Uh, but you're right. I mean, when I was, I think one of the things that, uh, and just hearing you speak, you, first of all, I gotta give you all kinds of accolades. You are one of the best best interviewers best talk show hosts i have ever well, seen you. whether it's yeah, i mean that you uh whether it's uh you know national news local news or local shows whatever you know you do a superb job and one of the reasons that is is you ask a great question and then you allow the, the, the your guest to speak yeah that was something that i ended up watching with like you know a lot of political shows and and I'm not sure at what point it became this way, but he used to actually have a discussion. And so I actually, you know, grew up listening to, like, uh, David Brednoy on BZ back in the 80s. And they would have a discussion with people. And it wasn't about having somebody on who's going to throw these outrageous, crazy political bombs and piss people off. Just so that so that more people will will tune in and say what are they doing? It's it's kind of like the the Howard Stern thing. Not and I'm certainly not being critical of anybody doing anything their own way, but part of that appeal and Rush Limbaugh is this whole getting people pissed off to, <laughs> to make you watch them. And to me, that's not you know that's that's showmanship, but that's not how you have a discussion. You know, you, you, boy, you hit that. That was one of, you know, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because I love talking about that uh, phenomenon, that um, experience of what that's all about. Because I used to be seduced by when he first came out, <clears throat> he was red hot. He's still around, isn't he? Sure. Oh, yeah. Are you talking Stern? No, no. Um, uh, oh, God. You're just, uh, not Stern. Um, Limbaugh? Limbaugh. Oh, okay, yeah. And, uh, when he, of course, when he came on, he was he was the talk of a country. Sure. And I remember, you know, again, I, I'm more of a middle-of-the-road guy. Mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. Some, maybe I tip to the, uh, to the left a little more than the right. But yep. he would infuriate me because he was so, <laughs> uh, so conservative and right. uh, so... So so black and white. I think that's the thing that yeah, really dogmatic, right? You know, things are are my way. Right. Anybody who takes that position is a target for me. Anyway, I remember being furious and and yelling, (laughs) yelling at yelling at the radio, pounding the pounding the dashboard. Sure, sure. And then one day. Yeah, and then one day it hit me. I, in fact, I used to wake up in the morning and I'd say, I, I, you know, I, I want to listen to this guy again. And 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 I'd, one day it hit me. I said, Why am I listening to this guy? Right. <laughs> he's just a, he's right. just a guy. And why am I allowing myself to get ticked off? So one day I just looked at the thing and a, an idea hit me. And it's a life lesson. This is why I want to talk about it. Uh-huh. I hit the I hit the. Uh, I hit the channel selector and I went to like classical music or something. Sure. And I couldn't and your, believe and your, it. And your, yeah, your blood pressure dropped, you know, 50 oh, degrees. It was, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe physiologically what happened to me. Right. And I, I said, so there's a couple of things there. Number one was, I mean, as a, as a, as a life lesson, 
it tells you that, well, first of all, like I always talk about, we've all had bad relationships and we know mm. how, how uh, addictive a bad relationship can be. <laughs> right. And I started because I, in those days I listened to the radio so much and, you know, I was on the road through New England. If I went too far, yeah, I got a great song. You got a great song that you love. And all of a sudden, you start to lose the reception and you start to get static, <laughs> right? Sure. But the song is so good. The song yeah. is, this is a great life lesson. The song is so good, you're not going to change the channel. And so you stay with it until <laughs> the noise gets so unbearable. You that you decide it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth listening to the song anymore. Right. <laughs> and so you hit the station selector and you get a new channel. And yeah. I th started thinking about it, you know, in relationships, you either bring music or noise to a relationship. Right. And when the noise, somebody's bringing way more noise than music, it's time to switch the channel. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, other thing that you, you go ahead. Ahead. I want to just cover this because you, you, you hit it. And this is where I wanted to go. He was such a showman. It finally hit me because I was into wrestling at the time. And uh -huh. Wrestling had made a comeback with Stone Cold. Steve oh, Austin. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And, and I used to watch McMahon and that whole charade about McMahon wanting to wrestle Stone Cold and <laughs> McMahon hating the boss. And I right. said, this is beautiful showmanship. And it hit me that there's no possible way that an intelligent man like Rush Limbaugh could believe the crap that's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> so it is simply you, showmanship. Showmanship, sure. And and uh, you, you know the 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 formula for wrestling is the formula for a soap opera. For, it's the formula for reality shows. It's the same thing as you know. There's there's there are these these ongoing stories that 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 keep you coming back for the next episode. And uh, you, and usually the more outlandish, the more likely you are to come back to find out what happened. And and I think that in many regards, I think it's the exact same. I mean, you know, you know, Donald Trump was a guy, and 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 all politics aside, right? He's a guy that actually has been on the WWF or the WWE, whatever it's called now. I think it's WWE. Um, you know, he's been on the Comedy Central uh, roast. You know, he is a guy. He's got his own. He you know, had his own TV show. He is a guy steeped in the the marketing of showbiz for years and years and years, and knows how to appeal to people. Without a doubt, I mean, without <laughs> you know? a doubt, this is. Well, you know, I mean, first of all, who can take him seriously? But <laughs> a, a lot of people, apparently. Right? Oh, I know. Well, that's that's the sad part. Sure, know? sure, because yeah. because a lot of people can't. You know, the, 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 it's it's the you know it's the, the Truman Show. It's 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 you know dividing mediated reality, mediated mediated reality from actual reality. And uh, you know, and and when and, and Trump's a guy that tells people what they want to hear. You guys are the best people in the world. You're great. You're the greatest. But what's going on now uh, is not worthy of you. And I am going to make this place worthy of you, great people. Who doesn't want to be called great? For God, I could sit around all day with have someone call me great. <laughs> well, yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, the, the, it, 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 exactly right. And nobody is telling anybody today that they're great. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, how often, I mean, that's the, that's the big laugh about the world is that, you know, nobody tells you, you know, you start off right away. Your parents are yelling at you that you, you know, by the fortunate few 
that do get great parents, but that's few and far. Sure, yeah. Sure, and it's tougher now. I mean, you know, when you when you were growing up, when I was growing up, you could have, uh, you know, a one person working and and make enough to, to raise kids, and you could have another person at home, you know, working with the kids. And now, yeah. uh, you know, unless you're unless you're on the real real high end of the wage scale, you know, both people are going to work in order to make ends meet. Well, and even talk about and talking about college and stuff like that, you're going to be kidding me, you know. Well, you know, you just opened up Pandora's box. I mean, that's the kind of stuff <laughs> that you and I talk about all the time. Right. We could, we, in fact, maybe this is what we should do uh, once we get rolling here: is to uh, open it up to this these discussions about. Uh, current affairs and, and yeah. social commentary because, you know, I mean, you know, my stand on it. It's like, when that's the first reaction people throw is, uh, oh, well, you can't do that today because, you know, it's, it, it's economically impossible. Now, Greg, go back to when we grew up. Yep. Did, economically and in terms of, I know things maybe aren't the greatest right now in terms of the economy. Right. But man, we didn't grow up with a couple of SUVs in the driveway. Exactly. You know, sure. Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah, one car. I believe at one point it was a Renault for for uh, for yeah. my family, or or you know uh, a, a, a VW bus. You know, not exactly uh, uh, not exactly an Escalade or a, uh, right. uh, a Lexus. You know what I mean? And 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 the other thing too, and this is and this is where that like hyper. The hypercapitalism kind of gets crazy is that credit has been sold to us. And credit is a great thing, and, and, and capitalism is a great thing, but it's got to be checked. And and when and when we've we've been steeped, and if you see something, you have to buy it. And so you know, you know, people spend way beyond their means, <laughs> and so oh. you end up going into 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 hawk. And then once you and then once you get into that, you get into this bad credit cycle. And, and unfortunately, there there are people out there that make a hell of a lot of money off of people who don't know how to manage their money. You know exactly. And so that there's a lot of there's a lot of exploitation of people that you know they give them give them crappy loans with crappy loan you know uh, uh, infl- you know inflate somewhere down the road, and and so it makes it very very tough on people who don't have a degree. Uh, to to make uh, uh, make prudent decisions because you've got people that are designed you know that that live to to remove every penny from your pocket through uh, subterfuge. Yeah, and um, you know, and m- one of my missions in life is I I'm driving for Uber right now, and I have I made up uh-huh. a card with yeah I made up a card with uh, which is by the way I mean I I mean I, it's one thing when you you go about your daily business and you have a small circle depending on of friends and uh, work associates and whatever community. Yeah. And you, you, but when there's, there's an amazing phenomenon, I guess that this is the reason some people, um, you know, become cab drivers or stay cab drivers because it's a fascinating uh, way to get, if you're, if you're the least bit talkative or inquisitive, you can get amazing information and input sure. from people. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's like a, it's a, a spinning the lottery wheel of, of who gets into your car. Yeah, you know, it's, truck, it's truck driver it's, whose, whose oh. car crapped the bed. Uh, you know, a, a diplomat. Uh, you know, somebody yeah. uh, 
somebody on vacation yep. from from uh, you know uh, uh, Czechoslovakia. It just yep. you know, it's just an amazing crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, and, and it is, and it's it's like playing. You're right. I like that uh, analogy. The uh, the roulette, you know, the roulette wheel is that sure. you just you you never know who is next yeah. and where they're from and what they're going to talk about. And, uh, and yeah. especially being in Boston right now, I mean, which is a world-class city. Sure. In fact, I was, uh, there was a convention in town last week called inbound. I didn't even know what that was. And, you know, I got educated pretty fast. It's a 14,000 people came in to learn how to market in the digital age. Ah, ah. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a, it's a business that didn't exist before. Right. You know, I mean, a few years ago. And, you know, well, yeah, so yeah, sure. got... Just think of us and, 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 and our business and the, the business of comedy and showbiz and all that and how you, you know, and how you market yourself. And, you know, 20 years ago-ish, you know, you would you would call a booking agent, they'd put you on a show, they would then pay for a radio ad and then put in a, a, an ad in, the, in one of the local papers. And that was pretty much... The extent of the promotions, maybe you maybe you do like a call in to a radio show, you know, uh, a terrestrial radio, uh, and that was pretty much the the extent of your marketing. You know, you had a headshot that you sent off for like internal promotions to to booking agents with your info on it. But now individual comics can a reach anybody in the planet with with you know the the internets, um, and they can create their own. You know, you can create your own little niche markets. Um, and you can totally subvert the whole, you know, booking hierarchy. It's 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 a pretty fascinating thing. And then you, you had a guy like Dan Cook that was the first, you know, guy that made oh. the, you know, used yep. MySpace, right? Which is which is MySpace is not like Stonehenge for God's sakes. It's this you know archaic ancient thing. But back then it was this it was this incredible marketing tool. And he was I think the first it was the first person, but at least the first comic to have a million friends to market himself to. Yeah, exactly, and you know and that's what he was rewarded handsomely. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. I mean, you and I could go off on that. We'll see how it, <laughs> it turns out. We'll see. How, we'll see about the staying power of that. But whatever. Yeah, but it's, but you know, he he he's certainly going to have a good retirement. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know. I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah, well, um, I also know. I mean, we again, you and I. I love our conversation. I love this show because. We can drift and go a million places. And sure. one of the one of the things that let's go back to uh, to Trump a little bit. Okay, sure. Yeah, and he, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean he's just a, a, a wild man. I mean he's a bull in a china closet. Oh yeah. And, sure. and, and go ahead. People love certainty, and they like self certainty, and they like somebody that knows what they're talking about even right. if they have a fleeting feeling that they might be getting bullshitted <laughs> well, well let's let's keep going on that because what we really have is fascinating in that we have a showman versus politicians right and well, but what's what what is interesting too, uh, at least at least in the Republican wing right now, all of the people at the very top of the heap now are no longer politicians. It's like Trump, Carson, who was a, who was a brain surgeon, and then Fiorino, who was a, who was a CEO of a, of a tech company. 
I think those right. are the top the top three to you now, and all the politicians have been cratering. Bush is, you know, Bush is on a. Uh, you, you can almost hear the whistling as he as he drops in the polls. <laughs> Christie, right? Christie is in the gutter. Uh, Scott Walker, who 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 the uh, the the uh, the Koch brothers had invested a lot of money in, is is is, is another guy. You can hear the whistling as he's going down, and all of these non politicians are, are are coming to the top. Yeah, I mean, it's it really is time people. You know, we've been in the car together, and we've listened to uh, Russell Brand, and yeah. um, and you know, but Russell Brand, you know, for all of his, I mean, here's a talk about another amazing showman. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. and and he's making he's making you know he this guy. I mean, I just watched two co- um, shows uh, with him doing. He's huge into uh, trying to take care of um, you know uh, addict addiction. Right, which is a which and, is a, 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 a wildfire in this country right now. It's it's a bomb. Oh my god! Much, you know how much the, the heroin addiction. You know, my brother's a police officer in in uh, up here in New Hampshire, and he just says, you know, in a small town like his, there's you know, in a matter of a couple of weeks, they have you know, two or three overdoses. You know, and, yep. and, and a death from an over and one of the overdoses ends up in a death. Right. Right. I mean, it's just. You know, you open up that, but again, talking about the showmanship, what because we are, yeah. we are, uh, because not just because of the digital age, but once television arrived, we are a media centric society. Sure. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, really, we're you know we're at the we're really the people that kind of created that whole <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah. You know, that's that's our game. And so, <laughs> and so now we're seeing, you know, the the logical progression of that which is <laughs> right yeah yeah you know that that the people who can command even the attention because politics has failed i mean that's why i yeah. went to russell brand i mean in his book revolution he's just proposing and not just him but most people are saying why vote you're not yeah. voting for anything different right you know everybody's lying <laughs> and nobody does what they say they're going to do because once yeah. they get in, the machine is so big yeah. that they get swept away in the machine. Sure. So I think what we're seeing now, this would be interesting. What if one of these, you know, um, media smart people, what if one of them non-politicians, what if one of them gets in? Will right. there actually be? I think the only one that might, be able to, but I doubt he could even would be Trump because he got so damn much money, he wouldn't be swayed by attempted by that part of it. Yeah, he does. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's the what is that? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut uh, once in a while. Um, but but seriously, some of the stuff that that Trump says is actually makes a lot of sense. Talking about like the hedge fund people who really put nothing into into society, <laughs> you know. Yeah. They they make they make money off of money. Right. You know, that's well, not that's not, not that's not that's not how you build that's not how you build a country or sustain a of country. Of course not. That's how you bleed it. <laughs> of course. I mean that's I mean that was so so well covered in the first Wall Street movie. Right. When Charlie Sheen said to um who was it Charlie I forget which the Sheen. Uh, I was Charlie, yeah. Yeah, and he said to who was who played his son? Was it Charlie or Oh, sorry, Martin Sheen, and then was it Emilio yeah, or Martin Charlie? Said, Martin said to Charlie, which kind of turned out to be art imitating life or vice versa, you know, the way Charlie turned out. No, oh, jeez. Yeah, but he said to him, 
He said, all you do is sell stuff. He says, you don't make anything. Right. You know, he says, make something. Be productive. You know, add something to society. You're right. This this whole thing of bleeding off of, you know, just trading paper <laughs> and getting sure, rich well, off you know, paper. My brother did did banking back before the you know before the housing uh, uh, drop in 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 uh, you know two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. He was talking about all these no doc loans and those kind of things. He's like, he said the bottom is going to fall out of this one of these days. It's just got to oh, because yeah. because it, you know, and that was and that was again a part of this whole thing of of you know giving people giving people something that they weren't necessarily you know ready to handle. And and uh, and and using a, a house as a credit card, you know that was a that was a big thing, you know you know oh, what, yeah. what, 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 what the hell will you take the equity out right and right. spend spend, right. spend spend and then when the market drops you 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 <laughs> you know oh yeah the, the equity ain't there anymore yeah exactly you know and uh, well you know I mean we we've, we've opened up again we got so many things on the table right now it's beautiful another door's so, open. <laughs> I love it. And uh, this is like a magic show. <laughs> Just keep taking out the props and laying them down and it'll all come together in the end. But uh, this is why I love our conversations because so, so, I mean, getting back to Trump and the showmanship yep. and everything else, what do you, what do you, what do you think is going to, could it possibly happen that by some fluke he gets in? It'll be interesting to see, you know, it was interesting because early earlier on there was kind of uh, a move by uh, you know, parts of the party, the Republican Party, to say, oh, you know, he's he's not one of us, he's not this, he's not that. And the higher class in the polls, the more that is, is being put on the shelf to like, well, what the hell happens if this guy wins? <laughs> right. And so I don't think that they really know what to do. And you listen to to Trump, and in some ways he's he's you know not a conventional Republican. Look, he's ultimately right a you know a northeastern guy. You know, not your typical you know the, the Republican Party always always wants to appeal to the to the southern base, which is which is where the, the the large bulk of their of their actual party resides. And then a lot of the base is also evangelical Christians and stuff like that. You know, Trump is a couple of times divorced, uh, you know, uh, married supermodels, uh, you know, uh, uh, one who's uh, who's posed uh, in some pretty provocative stuff. So not your standard, you know, family values type of dude, you know, but he's making a pitch to people. In uh, in a way that's uh, that's appealing to even uh, even people that uh, you know uh, only a few months ago would would kind of scoff at somebody with that kind of a background being the leader of their party. Well, you know, I said to somebody, I think it was even last night, um, we were in a. I guess I won't. It, it, it's not secret, but we were in a hotel where Hillary will be in a couple Tommy. of days. Tommy. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, you just said you were oh, okay. in a hotel with somebody. No, I thought you were getting some action. <laughs> no, but Hillary Clinton is coming. Hillary Clinton oh, okay. will be in New Hampshire in a couple of days. Yeah. And uh, so I was talking to him, and I said that, you know, he was fascinated with the fact he was basically Secret Service. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting getting his take. I said, "Well, do you like Hillary?" He goes, "Look." I says, "Is she nice to you?" He goes, "Look, we don't care." He says, right. we don't know her. We don't care about her. 
He says, all we care about is that's a presidential candidate and we have to protect them, period. He says, it's just a job. But I said, you know, one of the things about politicians is secretly deep down, they want to be entertainers. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I I mean, that's why they surround them. Yeah. With with, with an entourage, right? (laughs) Yeah, but they surround themselves. I mean, think about it. They want to, they they envy the entertainer because right. of the power the entertainer has. Right. You know, I mean, when you when you look at okay, like a Russell Brand. I mean, that guy speaking the UN. I mean, who? When you really come down to it, who the hell is Russell Brand? Sure. You know, but because he has so much, it is really. Again, we're going back to the media. I mean, if there's one common thread to this conversation and show. It's it's the media. Yeah. And anybody who controls that, controls the numbers, is, uh, I talk about the Google uh, experiment or the Google model, which was, you know, Google getting all this money from investors and everybody saying, well, wh- where the hell's the money? Where's the revenue here? And they said, <laughs> shut up. W- once we get the eyes, we'll get the revenue. But you got to let us build the infrastructure to get the eyes, which is yeah. obviously what they did. Very intelligent people. So oh, I mean, I mean he, the amount ahead. of the amount of information that these that these places like Google or Facebook, the amount of I mean just imagine just imagine Facebook, first of all, Facebook announced they've got a they're they're bringing in a, a dislike button. I don't know if you ah. heard that. That no. they're bringing a dislike button, and Zuckerberg said it's so that you can show empathy. So when somebody posts, you know, my mother just passed away, you can say dislike, right? Because it's always weird. Oh, you know, bad news. My mother just, or, you know, Uncle Aunt Jane just passed away, and you know, people click like. I'm like, well, I I never did that because I'm like, I definitely don't like that. Uh, you know, I don't. I that's true. I'll, I'll post in the bottom and say, you know, condolences. Right. I'm sad, but I don't. I, I never click like, and I was always like, "Well, who, 30 likes because you just announced Aunt Frida died. What the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> right. So, so Zuckerberg says he was going to use it to to offer empathy, and I said, "Well, if he if he wanted to have an empathy button for you know like somebody who passed away, it'd be like, how about a that sucks button?" <laughs> yeah, it doesn't Aunt make Frida sense. Just even... passed away. Click that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like doesn't do the job. I mean, that's right. so vague. You know, I think on the, what it really became is just a stroking mechanism of that True. you acknowledge that they put it up a quick way of saying, you know, thanks for posting right. that. But, um, but again, getting back to where the power is, if sure, I mean, whoever's got the eyes, whether it be Russell Brand or somebody, yeah. all of a sudden, and we go back to Trump, he's got, you know, he's got the eyes. I mean, he built yeah. up. I mean, first of all, he's a talentless. I was going to use that <laughs> F-U-C-K word, but he is a talent. He's talentless fuck, all right? As, right. As, you know, as well, a couple of well, guys well, who have a, you, a modicum of talent of being right. able to get up on a stage and entertaining people. Right. He's not, he's, I, he's a, he is the ultimate bore, B-O-O-R. Yeah. I do know that if my family had bequeathed me tens of or hundreds of millions of dollars, I would probably be doing all right, and I could probably get people's ear. Of course. And, and, and you know, so, so this, it's the old, uh, a lot of it is, you know, born on third base and thought he hit a triple. You know, that, you know, uh, has he made millions of dollars? Absolutely. But 
you know, he he had one hell of a one hell of a, a boost up into the wagon. You know. Well, you know, how I was much, in a, how much more along the line of a of a Jobs or or a Gates, you know, you know somebody. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> Warren yeah, Buffett, they came you know? from nothing, really nothing. Right. Yeah, I was in New York on a tour bus, and the guy was the guide was showing us that's a Trump building, that's a Trump building, that's a Trump yeah. building. He goes, let me tell you something. He does not own those buildings. He franchises <laughs> his name to those buildings. Right. And then he says, let me tell you something about Donald Trump. And this was, again, 10 years ago, and obviously it's different now. Yeah. But he said, let me tell you about uh, Donald Trump. He says, he made money the old-fashioned way. He inherited it. <laughs> and he said he inherited $500 million. And he says, and at that time, this is 10 years ago, right now he's got $200 million, which means he lost $300 million. <laughs> he, didn't, uh, he built those casinos, and he, and he went bankrupt on all of those right. casinos because he didn't know what he sure. was doing. But obviously, you know, that he's reversed that, whatever. But, I mean, it, to me, it's, he's a joke. I mean, he's just a <sighs> – I mean, he, he looks like Bozo. I mean, it's, he's, he's a clown. And so now we've got he, a loose cannon clown. And he does you know, that weird the, scowl, too, that. Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fake. Well, I don't know if you're trying to look like you, you project gravitas or something, but it's just this weird kind of. But I, I, it's, it's, a strange, it's a strange phenomenon. Like I said, I, I can appreciate him being a showman. but Oh, know, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I just, you know. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Sit me down and let me just tell you: if you give me money, you or if you invest in me, I will tell you how great you are. And that's yep. essentially what he's doing. Yep. And people are lapping it up. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then again, we go back to how we started all this, because we live in a world where that just doesn't happen. People aren't quick to give out compliments and stroke you. I mean, it's the old crab trying to get out of the pail you know right. the crabs getting to the top the other crabs reach and grab him <laughs> said where you going pal you know sure. come back down here um so yeah i mean it's just uh i don't know it's it's but you know it was funny i went to the beach the other day and there was a pretty you could tell the guy was it's you know if you want to call if, if you it's kind of funny that they want to call somebody in their 60s a senior because 60s really is the new 40s i mean there's no way that my grandmother was riding bikes and you know yeah and and traveling the world i mean it was over she had a rocking chair sure yeah my my folks were were, you know in their 60s were traveling to china and new mexico and england you know dad dad retired from from raytheon and they you know and then they've had an unbelievable you know they don't do that anymore. You know, that's now that they're in their eighties and, you know, you know, knees and backs and things like that prevent them right. from, from doing long trips. But, you know, from sixties to, to late seventies, mid sixties to late seventies, they had a, a, a hell of a retirement. And that just, you're right. That, that stuff was not, you know, you weren't joining trail rights and cleaning trails and hiking and stuff like that when you're in your sixties, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I it, 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 so anyway, I get to the. I want to say this. I get to the beach, and there's Trump's picture on a guy's reading a newspaper, and you know, I could tell he was an affluent. He was from the South End, and he was yeah. obviously very comfortable. I could tell he was comfortable. And so I said to him, I said, "Oh, there's our boy." He goes, "Well, he goes, you know, I don't know what's going on here." He says, "No, we really don't want him, but boy, he's making, he's really, you know, firing things up and blah blah blah." And I said. <laughs> 
And I made the statement, and uh, I said, well, I said, as a country, we're screwed. Oh, no, no, no. He says, oh, God, no. He says, it's still the best country in the world. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and, and, of course, you know, with our conversations, I fired back. I said, best what? I said, you want to give me a stat? And it's so so funny how these, you know, they're ostriches. They got their heads in the sand about right. this thing. And they don't want to hear the stats that, you know, they want to fight the stats that sure. it's so funny when people adopt a belief system, how they just want to, no matter what you throw at them, it's wrong. It's a lie. And they right. dismiss it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, Google some of this stuff. I said, what, in, sure. are we number one in I said, per capita income anymore? No, we're like 14th. Infant mortality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mortality. I said, right. I said, the incidence, I said, healthcare, the incidence of cancer and other diseases. I sure, said, uh, incarceration, drug. Oh, I, knew, yeah. I saw that on drug use, 80% of the opioids are consumed by Americans. What the hell? That exactly. is, 80% of the opioids in the world are consumed by Americans. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's a, you well, know, you know countries, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a sick, sick yeah. people, and why are they, I mean, you know, I, I would highly recommend to people who's <clears throat> anybody's touched, touched by addiction or changed my opinions of addiction. But, you know, this Russell Brand series, yep. you know, the couple that he did on there, you know, it, and, and it really comes down to everybody's trying to fill a hole. Everybody's yep. trying to get take away the pain. Yeah, sure. And, you know, and Brand talks about it. Once he filled the hole, once he started to like himself, once he yep. filled himself up with self-love right you know the drugs weren't necessary but yep. you know i'm watching the uh the escobar thing on uh, oh, it's yeah. on netflix uh, narcos n-a-r-c-o-s sure oh my god it's fascinating and you're right the market was america i mean the stuff took off cocaine took off like crazy in this sure. country and sure and and, and you know and so and back and back then, you know, in the, in the late seventies, early eighties, cocaine was seen as just really, literally, an innocuous social drug. Right. And it wasn't until, and then once they started to, they started to, you know, uh, uh, synthesize it into into crack. There, yeah, that's when it became, you know, uh, it was already addictive, obviously, but it became hyper addictive when it had been, you know, turned into into crack cocaine and marketed into into inner cities, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, and so, I, you know, I, I said to this guy, I said, no, 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 we're in trouble. <laughs> oh, no, it's still the best. Con and he goes, you know, it, 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 he goes, it's because we're big. It's because I said, look, <laughs> I said, uh, <laughs> we're big. We're big as a as a guy who uh, who tops the scales there. I can attest we're big. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I mean, for a big company, no, no, no. And I said, what about the family structure? Oh, I live in the South End, and the people are having, you know, these hedge fund kids. They're having two and three kids. No, no, no. I said, really? I said, who's minding them? Oh, well, they have a nanny. <laughs> so I mean, which which kind of. You know, this whole argument, well, they, we, economically, you have to work. And then I laugh and I go, yeah, now tell me the ones that are making megabucks. Tell me that they stay at home. <laughs> no, they don't. The more money they make, the more they want to make, and the less the kids get to see them, blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, 
you know, my my pet peeve is that the reason once you take away family structure and community, the basis for everything that we are, that's when a culture starts to fall down. Sure. Well, look, know, I think I think one of the one of the big things that that did help to to you know kind of bring a lot of uh, you know some dis- disruption and alienation was was the uh, was a lot of the uh, the suburbanization, and then you you kind of removed a lot of people from you know from things like the city square and the downtowns and things like that into you know into much more you know drive-throughs and and malls and suddenly. You know, instead of seeing a lot of the same people and over and over again, you're kind of, you know, out in your own little home in the in the suburbs instead of being being part of uh, humanity. And that's why there's such, a, to me, such an interest in in city life because <laughs> you get to see people, a lot of people, all the time. Yeah, I mean, I I could never do suburbs. Now I've been here for 25 years, and uh, as much as there's a lot of things I don't like that I see. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, the whole Uber thing is really amazing because now, I mean, Boston's a, a, a notorious city for being antisocial. You know, <laughs> nobody will look or talk to you on the street. Yeah. You know, you you say hi to somebody and they look at you like you, you're trying to steal from them. <laughs> and uh, But when they get an Uber, Uber has created a culture where they do speak. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and you know my stand on it. Once, yes, I agree with the suburban part of it because... You're right. You know, and when I grew up, I grew up in the inner city. You grew up in a t- city, right? Uh, I actually, actually grew up in uh, Nashua till I was ten, and then moved kind of to the to the sticks in Milford. Yeah. So it was I did have some kind of you know some I wasn't wasn't you know uh, uh, I was a little bit out of town, so it wasn't quite as easy for me to hang out with friends. So there was right. quite but a bit. But you of, know. But even talk about that. I mean, you know, we had a culture in a society that even if it was remote, the sticks or the phones, people still went to town meetings. They went to, right. they had the the church, <clears throat> you know, which uh, <laughs> I could go on forever about that yeah. institution, but whatever. Uh, but at least it was, it was a place where people met. True. You know, and yeah, yeah, but to me. Yeah, to me, the, so I mean, you know, you can say it was those things, and and I totally agree. Well, that's part. I mean, it's part of it. I, I you know, I I, I I I take a pretty broad view of, of you know of things, you know, and that's yeah, well, one aspect of it. To me, the the turning point, which is the part, I mean, you know, me and my stand on feminism. Um, <laughs> once, once career became more important than kids, it just we have got this is to me. What has, you know, you know, these poor kids, people say to you, why do you get so upset about this? I said, because I give a damn about the kids. Yeah. I said, I can't even imagine the way that I grew up. I grew up in the inner city. I grew up a white kid in a black neighborhood. It was scary out there. <laughs> it wasn't the best. It was, if there was sure. no place to bring up a kid in that respect of, you know, being petrified and on the streets. But guess what? You know, it was a neighborhood, you know, blacks and whites intermingled. We got along. Blacks yep. were in our house. We were in the house, all of that stuff. But, of course, sure. then, you know, you had the, the thugs, the kids who were just, you know, we, my white skin was a target. But yep. here's the thing. When I came in that door at 3 o'clock from school, there were two dresses in that house. One was my grandmother, while the other was my mother. Right. <clears throat> and that was such a feeling of security. Yeah. 
of connectedness of, you know, and, and to know my first words out of my mouth was what's for supper. I mean, because I was blessed that they were Italian and they could cook. Oh man. And, and every oh, that's, night, that's one, that's one cultural type stereotype. I will, I will go to my grave believing that Italians and Greeks oh. love to feed people. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's all about, and even to this day, if I, achieve some goal in life that I've been looking for. I, it's, 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 yeah, there'll be wine to accompany it. It's not, so it's not about drinking. It's about, let's get some food. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, and there's and magic to food. That, yeah, there is. There's the, it, it does really open you up. It's, 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 you know, ultimately, look, it's something that you need. But when it's good, it's, it's, it's makes that, that, even better and it's and it's just it's just a great way to interact with people and you know, learn aspects of their culture and how that these foods came to be you know it's it's pretty fascinating stuff well you know Dennis Worth and I did a show last week and it was great especially with comedy. The, yeah yeah exactly and uh I'd love to I it was so good we we touched on a thing where we were talking about a baker a friend of his called in a great gal Amy, I think is her name. Yeah. And she added a, she said something in the um, process. I said, you know what I love about bread? I says, I love those rolls that are crusty on the outside and meaty on the inside. I said, how do you do Ooh. that? And she says, it's, well, it's all about the oven. She says, you have to get, you have to know your oven. And uh, yeah. I said, what? She goes, yeah, you have to. I said, so you're basically telling me you have to establish a relationship with your oven. She goes, Absolutely. <laughs> And, and, you know, now that, as weird as that sounds, that comes from, uh, you know, a book I read years ago called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which is basically we're all connected to everything, even your machine. You know, I mean, because, and think about it, people talk to their car. When you're in trouble and the car's ready to clunk out, you come on, baby, come on, baby. Come on. Come on, I got to get to this gig. <laughs> yeah, and if you've had a car for a long time, you understand the car. You know, you sure. you develop. I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, this was covered. I remember seeing Terminator Two, I think it was or three, and you know, it, it was about the machine and the kid connecting, and the kid teaching the machine how to be human, and the machine teaching the kid how to be more efficient, like a machine. And, you know, people laugh when I tell them today that we're droids and, and right. people go, are you android? I go, no, 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 we're droids. We're, we're robots in the sense that and they go, no, we're not. I go, really? Lose your phone. <laughs> Lose your phone and tell me you're not a droid. I said, <laughs> we are in, inherently and intrinsically connected to that machine. And it will never go back. I mean, you're you're using it for a million things. And if you lose it, you understand that how dependent you are on it. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Somebody somebody yeah, it was, so, it was a, it was a yeah. funny meme. Well, about, so so we went back and forth on this and she said, "Well, she says it's like I have different um <clears throat> tools, a, a spatula I like, I have a whisk that I like, and I will only use those." And Dennis said something. He says, you know, it's like a knife. He says, the knife is not a knife. He says, it's an extension of my arm. So uh, we opened up, you know, in talking about, so it it opened up. I'd love to do, we're going to do more shows. and I'd love to have you on there. Yeah. The Zen of cooking, where you mm. are, it brings you, 
you know, we talk, I says, you know, at the end of the day, food to me, that cooking, even if I'm alone, holding the food, touching the food, cutting the food, preparing the food brings about a physiological change, a connectedness. Yeah. And, and, and then smelling, you know, once you put it in, you throw the butter in, a little garlic, you know, and now you've got that other sensation. And this all connects in the sense that we're talking about family and everything else. That experience is almost extinct in this country. The experience well, of preparation it, of food. It, it, it's, Go be, ahead. it's becoming, well, it, it, it was, but it's becoming something now. And I think that, you know, after years and years and years of cheese puffs and, you know, microwavable dinners and things like that, there's a backlash that it's, you know, it's the, it's the whole foodie culture. And it's, you know, Anthony Bourdain and, and, and all. There is definitely a, a resurgence of people finding good stuff to make good stuff and to be with people while they're doing that. So that is something so. that has, yeah, that is, it's, it's resurgent. Or, I hope or, so. Or, you know, because that to me, you know, we talk about the, the Greeks and the Italians. That's, you know, you've been around, you've had, you, you, you know, you've had your ups and downs in your societies, but there's one thing that's constant, and that is friends, family, and food. And that's, that's you know, uh, whatever I think of those two. I like that. People, I, I like that. that. There, there it is. There's the three Fs, the F words. Right. That's beautiful. Friends, beautiful. family, and food. There and, it is. Um, it's a great title for uh, for a, a show, um, but but yeah, I mean, and and when I saw the happening, I mean, here I am in graduate school, and I'm digging graduate school because I don't have to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> and but that doesn't mean I'm lazy because damn it, graduate school was hard. Sure, you know, and and all I wanted to do was keep doing what I loved, which was learning and hanging out. And playing and, you know, and all of that. And, and here was this big revolution, this, you know, the, the, the women's lived and the, the, you know, the feminist thing. And, the, and I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want a Chuck hanging out with your kids and being in the house to going into that big building over there and sitting in a cubicle? This doesn't, I, I don't want to do that. I, I'm fighting that. I was resisting that with every molecule in my body and I couldn't get it. I said, it doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think you should, you know, I mean, what happened to, if you really want to express yourself, what happened to all of the possibilities of expressing yourself through art or music or photography or uh, or writing or whatever sure. it is, sure. you know, and yet you want to, you want to become a slave to these guys, you know, I mean, and then I saw everything and then the disdain, I mean, it was a very militant movement. You well, know, but but with, but there's also there was you know there's there's also different factions. I I I I don't like you know because my family you know my mother was a feminist, but she was also a, a stay-at-home mom. So my yep. experience of feminism is totally removed from that from that wing of the feminist movement. And there was also you know you know she my mother talked about it, there was a you know a wing of it that was very very you know uh, you know elitist. You know you had to be in college, you had to have a couple of degrees and things like that. And that ended up leaving a lot of, you know, non-degreed women and a lot of women, uh, um, uh, you know, women of color, you know, uh, you know, uh, people from, uh, you know, lower social stratas kind of out of that whole, that whole experience. So my, my experience tends to be more on that, from that wing and seeing that as, as empowering and seeing my dad as, as a guy that, you know, cooked, 
did laundry and stuff like that, and that was just part of being part of the family as opposed to, oh, my God, what the hell, what was this guy doing in women's work? You know what I mean? Well, you know, I mean, when I first of all, when I get into it and I take off the gloves, and if somebody wants to engage me, I said, first of all, you're talking to the ultimate feminist because without a doubt, the most powerful beings on the planet are women. I will defer to that. And every guy in the world, when you sit down in private, we talk about it. Every guy knows that. What is and one of the ways to say? That, the world runs on estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> And every guy, when you when you confront the guy, say who who's really in control, pal? And they go, the woman. And and women. So first of all, I I am I adulate, I respect, I bow down to the power of women. And I'm no, I will never try to attack feminism from a male versus female standpoint. Yeah, it was because in just like your house. My father, when the dinner was over, my father put on my mother's apron yep. and stood by the, the sink and washed the dishes. And I stood beside him. I had to dry them. And while I was waiting for him to wash them, I had to go sweep the floor, you know, and I had to learn how to vacuum. I had to learn how to clean the bathroom. I had so that none of that was separated in my house. And my mother right. took part time jobs. So that part of feminism I, is to me is just wholesome. And, and healthy because it's a balance. Right. But the thing, the thing became so militant and so linked to money and career that I think everybody suffered. Sure. Well, look, look, just like, just like the anti-war movement, right? I mean, the anti-war movement was about stopping American violence overseas in Vietnam, right? a horrible, horrible war. You know, by the end, you know, you had, you had, these these factions of the anti-war movement who were, you know, uh, blowing up colleges in Wisconsin and setting off bombs at the Pentagon and uh, kidnapping people, <laughs> you know? Yep. Absolutely yep. crazy, crazy violence. Well, stuff. you know, that's that's the old yep. thing is that you become you become what you hate. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? move towards the dominant uh, thought. You become you become what you think about. You become what you hate. That's really exactly. Really is and big, you know. Uh, well, yeah, and I think that was the thing with feminism because it became such a hate men thing. <clears throat> you know, man was responsible. Men, as a, as a sex and as a whatever, were responsible for every atrocity in the world. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, and, and as a result, I mean, Teddy Bergeron talked about he says, he says, you know, about building muscles. He says, I want to date a man. <laughs> you know, I mean, that that women really have become, you know, it's hard to distinguish right now in America. You, know, you have to look real close, you know. But so, I mean, but the thing is, the bottom line is, here we are today. And it really is a mess. And what I think you run into when I run into is that when we open our mouths, People, you know, they, they look at us like, why do you care? Why, do you, why can't you just accept the way it is? And, and there's a danger in accepting things the way they are. Sure, sure. Well, well you know, that's the, that's the old, was it Socrates? And I examined life is not worth living. You know, yeah, oh, always, exactly. I've always found, you know, just, you know, my family was always, you know, Wayne Dyer just passed away. I mean, my brother was reading him back in the, 
late seventies, I think, early eighties. You know, so just to me, the, you can always there's always learning that you can do. You know, it's it's and and well, and, and when you and when you're given some when you're given a little perspicacity, a little vision. I mean, you're a you're a guy who reads. You're a guy who you know like likes politics. You like to see what's going on in society, et cetera. And so when you have that, um, you you know, that 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 ability to see when you have a little bit of vision and you're not hypnotized, you're not mesmerized. Right. right. You know, you can't help us. I can't help but speak out and point out things. But you know, the people who are asleep don't want to hear it. Sure. And 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 you also and I also think that if you you know, if you're not exploring and learning and looking into things, you really do have a tendency to be taken in by charlatans. You know, exactly. Because, because that, you're not paying you know, attention. Like, and somebody right, can right, come so, up. And, and that yeah, really brings us back to Trump. You know what I mean? Well, well, exa- well exactly. Selling, Trump, Trump and my friend selling, on the beach. Right. My friend who's telling me, you know, this guy on the beach telling me, oh, it's fine, you know, and yet – you just pointed out, look at the epidemic of drugs. Look at the fact that how many, I said to him, I said, think of these little, you know, because there's so many yuppies here. I said, think of these kids. There's $200,000. No, they're not $200,000 in debt. No, maybe 80. <laughs> he says, and then, and he says, then they don't want to pay it. They want it forgiven. You know, well, how? He says, you know, if they, they didn't, <laughs> this guy, I wanted to punch him. He goes, they, they didn't have to check. They didn't have to take out those loans. That was their choice. And now they don't want to pay it back. So so I go for a swim, and I'm thinking my mind starts working. I go, yeah, imagine these kids uh, in debt. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, we live in a government, in a society that is fiscally responsible. <laughs> the government isn't in debt. <laughs> <laughs> well, the government doesn't doesn't print money. The government we have a balanced budget every year. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's no such thing as a national debt. Oh, we don't want you kids emulating our style, you irresponsible <laughs> punks. <laughs> don't hack off our bit. <laughs> <laughs> but but we're we're not in trouble. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, he's not off. in trouble. And he, he, I, you love this statement. He goes, "Oh my God!" He goes, uh, "We don't even. I live in the South. I know. Don't even lock our door." He said. He says. Then he goes, "Well, of course we out lock the outside door, the door to the street, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't lock my inside." I said, oh. "Yeah, because." Yeah, I don't either. I says, but I did make sure I locked the outside door. And, Jeez. you know, he says, well, of course, he says, we have nothing there still. Anyway, all our stuff is in securities and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and equity funds or whatever. And, uh, and, and, I'm the, going, and the good thing about is, that is that when people, somebody pointed out that, when people steal those kind of things, they don't go to jail. <laughs> Yeah, you, you yeah. steal people's securities. <laughs> you don't go to jail. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Well, this has been fabulous. We were talking about doing this for years. Uh, I'm so glad I 
really kicked your butt for a long time to do that you TV did, show. You did, Tom. I, I would like to, yeah, take a second and, and thank you for being, uh, uh, you know, standing behind me and telling me to chase after what I wanted to do because it was definitely conversations with you and about, uh, you know, just doing it as opposed to thinking about it and talking about it. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, this is there's so much here. I mean, I, I hope we do this on a very regular basis. Would love to. Um, because I think there's so much here for people in general to glean and pick. Hopefully we stimulate some thought, you know. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and you know, I think that's what, you know, when you want to be the gadfly, and you can't be too much of a gadfly. You just mentioned Socrates, who's my hero. And, um, <laughs> it, and what happens is when you start, talking and pointing fingers and you, they give you a hemlock. They, they don't want to hear it. Yeah, you shake too many trees and too many apples fall and they get bent out of shape and they come after you. You know, so, so now they call you a corrupter of the youth because you're telling them <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to think for themselves and, and be happy and, and all of that. But uh, right. Terrific. I mean, again, we started off talking about your show. It is fabulous. Anybody uh, who's listening now, go there, check it out. It's um, stimulating. You cover you, and you don't just stay with politics. You bring, and you don't just stay with comedy. You mentioned some of the areas you've gone into in the guests. Yeah, you know, I just interviewed a kid who's doing a haunted Halloween crop walk in Hollis, New Hampshire. And then I, uh, his name's Chad Tingali's, and then that, uh, Gary Summers, who's the, the king of pop culture, who puts together the Northeast Comic Con, who was a phenomenal, phenomenal guest. I, and and I, I, I told him, I'll, uh, told you, I'll, I'll get your contact information with him because he was just a phenomenal guest. I uh, interviewed uh, awesome authors and you know, a woman who does uh, psychic readings. A, a, a pretty broad uh, uh, palette of, uh, of uh, talent. And, and folks. Well, and again, you are the consummate host. I can't believe you work. And I met when I got there. The professionals that you have on your staff are amazing. Yeah, they're great. Access I mean, these guys crew. Yeah, these guys come from some pretty high-powered stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some good stuff. I mean, and your your set is fabulous. That that green, you know, the green, green screen um, technology. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And you yeah, you're becoming proficient yourself at. Uh, editing and yeah i'm working at it uh you know it's certainly uh never realized how much work it is but uh, now that i'm starting to get into it i'm starting to get a little bit of a feel and uh you know in a matter of a, a year or so i'm sure i'll have a you know a uh a yeoman's uh take on the uh, editing well you know i mean uh, i think one of the things that's fascinating about this age it's a totally disruptive age but the positive right. things are you can take all of this amazing technology, which is more powerful than I think uh, the, the world has ever seen. Sure. And you can, you know, you can express yourself. Yeah, you everybody has their own. Everybody has their own Gutenberg press now. You know. Exactly. Used to be, and, used and to be you, that was just very few people at the very top that had the information that could then disseminate it down. And now you well, have literally everybody at the bottom has the ability to create phenomenal, creative, unique stuff and have it filter up. Exactly. And, you know, when you really get down to it, what is the difference between you and your show interacting with your guests and somebody, you know, whoever, uh, Oprah, and connecting? There's no difference. Sure. I mean, it's just a matter of size. 
That's really, yep. but the the interaction, the content. Let's not is... talk about Oprah's weight. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm a heavy guy, so I can I can make the uh, the sizest sizest jokes. <laughs> yeah. The sizest. That's the sexist, racist, ageist, sizest. <laughs>